but also I'm so happy y'all are reading high end safe yeah like all good things of course oh my Hi gosh I so, so nice much about you at work I'm like my friend high end is hilarious this is what happened today so okay. save her all the funny stories yeah. hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Spadories. I am Bailey Gates one of the co-hosts of this podcast and I have with me my great friend high end Hi guys, welcome back. And Hyan is obviously the co-host and like brain worker of this podcast. She <laughs> has set this all up. She has put it all together. Um, I am so excited that we are back today for our 16th episode of Spadoris. We are fast and furious moving into the end of this year and the end of season one, which is crazy to think about. Um, nice. And I'm super excited today to bring on one of my favorite people on the planet and such a good friend of mine. And her name is Sage Jones. She is an occupational therapist and also just like the most amazing mom and friend and person that I know. And so Sage, we are so happy to have you on the podcast. So happy to be here. Love this. Excited to be here. Yes, y'all, I, I have been trying to get Sade on for months. And it's we were been actually, a struggle. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and we were just Rightfully before. so. Rightfully so. Yeah. yeah we, we were just it. joking before about like schedules um, in terms of I was also trying to get lunch with her for months and I kept having to cancel. And then we were trying to get on the podcast, but like she has children and a husband and a family. And so she kept having to cancel. <laughs> so really this weekend has been perfect because we had lunch on Friday. And we're recording this podcast. A double dose of Bailey in one week. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love that, guys. Gosh, it's the best. And so, y'all, Sade and Hyann have never actually met each other. This is the first time they're meeting. But I feel like they probably feel that they know each other because I talk about each of them so much yeah. to the other person. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love it so favorite. much. So, Sade, we have, like, a few questions for you, um, okay. and they're like, super yeah. chill. Some of them are work-related, and, like, one of them is just funny. Okay. <laughs> so we always try to do something fun. funny. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Yeah. We always try to have at least one fun one, but I'm going to jump in with question one. So, Sade, tell us a little bit about yourself, all the things you want to share, and then also, like, why did you decide to become an OT? Like, what led you to being an occupational therapist? Yeah, great question. So um, I'm Sade. I am an occupational therapist. I've been an occupational therapist for eight years. Um, and honestly, it's so crazy. Like I found out about OT as I think a middle schooler, like seventh or eighth grade. And I saw this weird commercial online or on TV and it was this pediatric OT and she looked so cute and like she was having a great time at her job. And I was like, I want to do that. Um, and so that I kind of like that. took me down that like trajectory, that path. Um, but so I feel like occupational therapy is one of those, um, I guess, industries or like fields that everyone's like, wait, I know what PT is. I know what physical therapy is, but, but like, what does OT do? Like, what does occupational ah. therapy do? Right. Yeah. It's like that, that big, um, we all, even in grad school, our professors would be like, Hey guys, you need to have your elevator speech, like on point, like you need to know like how to explain what OT is. And, and so like just some background, like occupational therapy comes from, um, the term like occupation. So that's like anything that occupies your time. That's like meaningful to you. And so basically, um, women back in the 1920s would, um, go in and work with, um, you know, soldiers from the civil war and, um, basically with occupations that were meaningful and kind of gave, um, you know, meaning to their, their lives at that difficult time. And so they, they 
termed it occupational therapy. So it's kind of cool. But um, I, I had no that. idea that yeah, I, I never knew that. Yeah, like I, I never. No yeah, who that knew, right? So cool. Did <laughs> you learn that in school? And they yeah, we that? did, which is it, it kind of started out of like, um, like basket weaving and like sewing and like arts and crafts. What? So just kind of like fun little things that kind of yeah. make make life more interesting, I guess. No but, idea. Yeah. I know. It's so fun. I love that. Um, but I, um, I've exclusively worked in the school setting. So um, like special education kiddos in, um, you know, large school districts. Um, I'm in the teletherapy realm now just because I'm a mom and um, of two babies and wanted to have some more time um, at home and to be more available to them. And so yeah. fortunately, OT um, has given me that opportunity through the virtual area, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So how old are your kiddos? I have a four-year-old daughter and she's full of sass. And then I have oh. <laughs> an almost nine-month-old son um, who oh, is goodness. just sweet and adorable and I know he's gonna give us a run for our money like they all do right oh, I, <laughs> it's so funny oh. I read an article the other day that um there's this uh university in like the Pacific Northwest that was talking about how they did the study that the second born child is more apt to getting into like serious legal trouble than your firstborn. Like the firstborn is like, <laughs> it's like that rule follower and all the things. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just mentally preparing myself for this. What I also love about I, this thing is I can absolutely see you being like, oh my gosh, my child's going to be in legal trouble. Like the anxiety that that brought you. All of the anxiety, all of it. Right. Anxiety. I love it. That's like my nieces though. Like my, the second one's a, a wild one. I mean, she yeah. breaks all the rules. That's I think so she's crazy. broken like an arm. Like she's just wild. My just, my first niece is like a rule follower. Yep. You tell her what to do and she's like, yes, ma'am. It's so funny to see the opposites. It is. That is it's wild. Like, it's like me and my brother. Like I can see that myself yeah. as the firstborn and then him as the secondborn he's just like hey guys I'm just here to wreck shop like that's what right I'm yeah I'm gonna f you know up today. <laughs> it's so weird to me because I'm the middle of three and I have like an older brother and a younger brother and like not I love you Jonathan I love you Caleb if you ever listen to this you won't but if you do <laughs> like I have my shit together and they oh, are very sure. much like wild crazy like they did all the crazy stuff and yeah. kind of left me to like, so I feel like as the second child, I almost am the one that's like, oh no, I can't make mistakes. Like I joke around, I apologize for everything as many people know. And someone actually was like, did you grow up in a house where you couldn't make mistakes? And I was like, no, I didn't. I could make mistakes. Yeah. I just don't make mistakes. <laughs> right. That's something I do not do. It was yeah. so funny. So I'm like, that's something. so interesting that typically it's the second kid because- I'm actually the best. You're welcome, mom and dad. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> I'm dead. Um, okay, so Bailey shared a little bit about you. And she said that you went from kind of like similar where you went from being like an OT to, well, obviously you're still an OT, but going straight into administration. Um, yeah. So can you talk to us about like how, why you were even enticed to do that and kind of the journey being an administrator? Be, yeah, so I'm going to be super honest right now. So I had been... A, just a campus-based therapist in a, a large, um, I guess, urban school district um, for mm -hmm. five or six years. 
And I was kind of getting, um, I guess maybe burnt out a little bit or just needed like a change, but I didn't want to leave the district. Um, and I also, we had been through a lot of, um, a lot of administrators and I just wanted to, to see what it would be like to, um, to put my, to put those shoes on myself, I think, mm -hmm. and the opportunity mm -hmm. presented itself. And, oh. um, I applied and um, miraculously got the job. I don't know how, but um, somebody gave me um, a chance and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and it, it was definitely an eye-opening experience. I would say I feel like leaving that position now, I feel like I have a more well-rounded perspective of everything that goes into um, therapy, like that I never knew about before. And it's, it makes me want to, you know, talk to other people that are like the campus, like at the campus level and kind of provide that education. Like it really is a big picture uh, kind of situation where like all of the campus level people really are um, zoomed in on their, on their small little piece of the puzzle. And it's such a big puzzle. Like special education is such a huge, huge puzzle. Yeah. And there's so many pieces that have to work um, cohesively together, um, that unfortunately don't always happen. It doesn't always happen that way. But, um, I think, you know, knowledge is power when it comes to like making that a more harmonious relationship for everybody. Yeah, no, absolutely. What's like one thing you really liked about being in administration and one thing you didn't? I really liked, um, being a kind of a catalyst for change of like, you know, coming from the campus level and then in that same district and then going up to the admin level and being able to say, okay, this is what we're dealing with boots on the ground. Like, let's see if we can extrapolate that and, you know, and make it, uh, you know, make, create those policies and those um, procedures that kind of trickle down and affect those, um, those people. And ultimately, of course, the students and the families that we're serving. Right. Mm -hmm. um, obviously the, you know, the litigious our meetings and like those difficult cases are never fun to walk into, but yeah. they're, they're so important to, um, you know, build those relationships with those families and um, make it right with those families so that we can, uh, you know, regain their trust. Yeah. 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 I need to point them. out, it's so funny that states like someone, like I miraculously got this job and someone <laughs> gave me a chance because I'm like, she was so good. I like regularly said, so high end, like you'd be surprised because I know in our relationship, it's a little different, but in my relationship <laughs> with Sade at work, I was very much the, like, this is the law. This is what's legal. Like I was so just like, Mrah! all as the time. You should be, as you should be. <laughs> and then like, Sade was always like, Hey Bailey, I want us to reel it back in. Let's look at the people. Let's look at their feeling. Like she was very good about pulling in that like <laughs> part that I was just not looking at all the time um, because I was just like, they're not doing this the way I need them to do this. And so like, she really was like a perfect um, counterpart for that because I just felt like it was something I always like kind of ignored sometimes maybe. I don't know how to explain it. I didn't ignore it. Like I do think about people, but for sure. There were a lot of times that I was like, no. And Sade's like, okay, let's get all the information first. <laughs> <laughs> because as we've said, I am a little reactive sometimes. It's fine. <laughs> I love it. I just, 
I am surprised by that because you were very empathetic in, in the district that we worked together. You always mm-hmm. kind of remembered to, I feel like we both were really good about remembering that on top of like, mm-hmm. yo, you still have to do this because the law says yeah. so. Like, yeah. let's not. But that's funny. Thank you, Sage, for no, bringing her back in. I think my experience with you, your strong point was um, pulling people out of that um, rut of this, is, but this is the way we've always done it. And this is the way that we're going to continue to do it. And you're like, no, this is what the law says. And this is what the student and the family deserves. So this is what we're going to do now. Like, this is maybe what we did in the past, but that's not how we're going to do it moving forward um, yeah. in, in a better way. And I think yeah. that was, that's still your strong point for sure. One thing that was funny that I want to point out is that like, I love how you were also like anytime. And I know Hyann, you and I have talked about this. I don't know that we talked about it on the podcast, but like jumping from like a practitioner level to a leadership level is always a challenge. But then I just don't know that there's enough training or onboarding for new administrators. Because I remember like when I got the job in our previous district that I worked with you, Hyann, I like sat at my desk and just like burst into tears because I had no idea what to do or how to do it. I ended up calling like my mentor and she was like, hey, we're gonna figure this out together. But I was like, how did I get here? And what do I do in this role? And then I think it's so funny because when Sade got her job and I had been doing it for a few years at this point. So like, I kind of knew what to do. She's sitting next to me because we had like open office space, like cubes. And so I had my cube and then here was hers. And she's sitting next to me and I like look over at her because she's just like staring at her laptop, not like typing, not doing anything. I'm like, are you okay? And she was like, I legitimately don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yes. That's for like two days. I was like, what? I'm like analysis paralysis, like freaking out. What, where do I even start? Like that, that is a hundred percent how it felt. Yeah. It was so funny to me because I, and it wasn't funny because I was like, oh, I've been there, but it was funny because I was like, girl, I have been there. Okay. We got this. I know what to do now. Absolutely. Whereas like before I was the girl just like, I don't know how, one, I miraculously got this job. Two, why did they give this to me? I am too young for this. Three, what am I going to do? And then just like sobbing, right? So it was really funny, but also sad to see that experience played out with Sade. And it does make me really want to create some like quality onboarding for districts to use for new admin. Because I'm just like, you can't do that to somebody. Just plop them in there and help they figure it out. Another thing that I think is, it, that also, because you, I think you experienced it too, going from practitioner to admin within the same district, you're having mm-hmm. to jump from a peer to your mm-hmm. people to now the boss of those people or the leader mm-hmm. of those people. And that, I think that transition from peer to leader is a really complicated and complex one that, um, adds another like level of difficulty because you know as a leader you never want to be viewed as someone that you know is playing favorites or is you know like um you know doesn't know what they're doing you know you want to you want to be seen as like a figure of of, like of like not authority but but yes authority you want to be respected yeah yeah but and it and that's a really hard or can be a really hard transition to make, I think, um, absolutely. when you're going absolutely. From, from one echelon yeah. to another. 
You know, and it's so interesting because I was also kind of talking to um, the, the person that took your role uh, when you left the district yeah. just on Friday mm-hmm. and telling her that one thing about this district that we're currently working in is they value so much like relationship over so many other things, right? Like in my previous district, I am where you and I worked, it was like, do you know the work? Can you do the work? Can you get in and get the job done? Great. You're hired. Like there wasn't a whole lot of this, like, I guess like, I don't want to say like, like internal promotions, right. Of like moving people from the district up a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like we had a lot of people from a lot of different places. One thing about this district that I see is like, they will bring in people from outside. Like that's how I got there. That's how like my previous boss got there. Like they're going to bring people in that know the work, but they also really, really value if you started in this district and you grew up in this district and you know this district, like that relational loyalty component is huge in this current yeah. district, which I think is really great. Like, I think that's a huge selling point, but it also can kind of like you were saying, say like lend itself to, okay, like I've moved from peer to supervisor or peer to director or whatever. And now I'm going to like manage these relationships and how they're changing. And I think that that's really challenging just because like, you can control a lot of things, but you can't control somebody else's emotions or feelings. And so I think that that caused, I know for you, like some sticky situations of like people perceiving things that you were saying a certain way, even though you're like, no, that's not the intent. And like, but they're just still looking at you as like, save my friend. So like, why is my friend telling me what to do? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And that's hard. That's so hard to balance. Yeah. Well, And I like going back to what I was saying about like, what your strong point of saying this is just because this is how it's always done been done doesn't mean that that's how we need to move like do it moving forward if you're trying especially in that previous district like if you're trying really hard to be a a catalyst for change and that and like keep up that momentum for uh constant improvement and you have people that are being consistently brought up with from within the ranks of the existing um, district that have been there for a long time and they're used to that quote unquote, you know, the way things have always been done. That's a really hard thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of that two, it, it's, it's like a double-edged sword because it's like, well, you have the buy-in in that mm-hmm. the people trust supposedly, hopefully that person, because they're within that district, but also that person may not have that, um, that different perspective or mindset that's needed to make that, you know, forward drive. Um, yeah yeah. it can just be really sticky but I think honestly say like you handled it with so much grace and obviously well glad you think so (laughs) well yeah not even grace but just like humor and humility and just yeah that's such a hard place to be in but I think you handled it so well and I'm still sad that you're gone it's fine I'm not gonna talk about it Uh, if it was a different (laughs) time in my life I would have stayed for sure I know I know yeah for all the podcast listeners like Sade does have two wonderful and adorable children at four and nine months but then her husband is also in the military and so he um was potentially being deployed to to Kosovo but did not get deployed to Kosovo yeah. But he is in white settlement. So she is like a single mom of two very young children all week. And then he gets to come on the weekends and then he has to go back. And so there were just so many things happening in Sage's life that she was like, I got to do this for me. And I was like, okay, I know that's fine. <laughs> do that for you also. What am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's that been, it's been good though. And I'm so happy that you're happy, but I think that kind of also does lead us into our next question because you transitioned from this like 
So you were doing occupational therapy in the school district, working with kids. Then you moved into the supervisor role. And then when you left the district, now you're doing remote occupational therapy, right? Virtual telehealth. Right. Um, and so like, we just kind of want to hear about one, like, what is your experience with that transition? And like, how has that been going? Um, and like, what are some of the pros and cons of this like remote telehealth service provision? Yeah. Um, well, obviously the biggest difference is I came from, um, you know, almost a decade of being an employee and I'm now a contract employee or a contract therapist. And so that's a huge difference. Um, just like, you know, the taxes with like the 1099 and, you know, having oh, to do yeah. your like quarterly tax payments, like all those things are, um, you know, yeah. it, they can be overwhelming, right? If you like don't yeah. do the research and figure it out. Um, so that's been, you know, an adjustment, but, you know, and it's like, if you don't work, you don't get paid, right? Like, mm -hmm. so you have to make sure that you're, you know, um, you know, getting those, those referrals and getting that, um, you know, so there's definitely a, a huge motivation for that. Um, I will say I have loved being at home more or well, all the time I'm, I'm, I'm working from <laughs> home, you know, hundred percent of the time, which is great. Um, but, uh, and I've also actually been able to, uh, get my Pennsylvania state license for OT so that I, oh, can, I love that. yeah, so that, and I've, I've, I've come to realize that, um, it's very beneficial, um, to yes. a virtual therapist to have, um, you know, cross licenses. yeah, across yeah. different states, because then you're able to pick up clients, um, and referrals from lots of different places. Right. And yeah. Places. Um, I've been really fortunate with my teletherapy company and they have been, um, super supportive and have helped the process along with, you know, that cross licensure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, slow going at first building your caseload, I think initially, but once you get up and going, it's been, um, it's been really fun to kind of get back into that, um, direct, you know, like one-on-one, -on -one, um, therapy provision. That's a little bit different than a lot of times in the schools that you'll cool. see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, you know, getting back to like doing the that fun, like lesson planning and the fun treatment planning with all the, the fun arts and crafts activities and fine motor things. And, um, you know, just, and getting to know the families too, because a lot of the time I'm providing services to those kids at their house. And so there's a, right. a lot more um, generalization and carryover between school and home in the virtual world than it was at a public school. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. Are you, um, what made you pick Pennsylvania? Is it just a state that? So Miranda? it just, ha yeah, it just happens. Oh, okay. um, it just happens that my particular contract company has a um, a big contract with a, uh, a public charter school in uh, okay. Pennsylvania. I think there okay. right now there's approximately 9,500 kiddos in bed in that one public charter school. Not all of them receive OT, of course, but I mean, they're getting upwards of 10 or more referrals for OT a day. Yeah. Um, and so it's a significant need for those kiddos. Um, and now yeah. I will say a lot of the time when you're, especially with contract work, um, you know, the odds of you qualifying a kiddo for OT are probably a lot higher than like it would be in like a public school where you can kind of parse out those needs a little bit more than you could in a, like a, you know, like kind of an individualized setting. But um, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the change for sure. 
Oh, good. I love that. Are you enjoying like doing, um, doing the virtual aspects though versus like in person? I mean, I think I would always prefer in person, in person. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just a more natural way to get to know the kids and like to build yeah. that rapport, you know, but honestly the kids, it's so second nature to them now. It's like yeah. even the kindergartners that I have are like, yeah, I'm just going to log into zoom. No big deal. Like touch screen, touch screen. Here's my keyboard. And they're up and going like with little to no help from their, you know, their help. Their, their oh, adults, yeah. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, um, I, I mean, I, I think I always prefer in person, but virtual is, is nice and convenient for both us and them, I think. Yeah, yeah and especially right now. Yeah, um, sure. Okay, so we, so the next question I we have for you is, if you could give one piece of advice to like new occupational therapists or even CODAs, I don't know if you've ever had to supervise, um, what would it be? Um, honestly? Like coming straight into the field, yeah. I want, like, I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to, I guess, well, okay, so I'll just preface this with, so I saw this girl on Facebook that I was, I've been friends with for a long time, and she just got done with her doctorate in OT, and she's Uh never, like, been a practitioner in the field, you know, up to this point, because she hasn't graduated yet, but she, like, a lot of the things that she's saying are very, like, idealistic, and very, like, uber extra positive and I just want to like I don't want to tear that down and like come at it with like a negative perspective but also like there's a lot of stuff I think that like a rude awakening kind of thing when you when you come out of this idealistic controlled grad school environment and coming Mm -hmm. into like the real world um it's not always going to be the way that you thought it was going to be or the way that they you know make you um think it's going to be in the textbooks but it's really whatever you make it like you go in there and you have an open mind and you're collaborative and you're looking at the big picture and you're looking at the kiddo um you know with that OT holistic mindset of okay where are the strengths where are the challenges and what can I do to plug in those you know those deficits and improve right um yeah I think just have fun with it. Don't take your, don't take yourself too seriously and just enjoy it and make it your own because, um, it, OT is such a fun field to go into that you, uh, you can bring your creativity and just like, and just have so much fun with it. It it really is a a great field to be in. Yeah. Did you bring up a question for me speaking about the doctorate? Cause I don't know if I told you, but I know I told Diane that um, I actually met this girl at the golf course last week who had her doctorate in OT. Oh, that's oh, why I'm yeah. saying she had her doctorate in OT and, um, she was sitting for her exam like sometime in December. Anyways. So I find out she has her doctorate. I like run over and I'm like, Hey, do you want to work in my school district? I support OTs and here's all this stuff. You know, like I'm trying to recruit. Amazing. Like, I love that. Yeah, it was so funny. Networking on the golf like, course. Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect place to do it. Um, but she was like, Oh yeah, I don't actually have any experience in peds whatsoever. Like, I don't know that I want to work for school. I don't. And so like, this was not one of the questions we were going to ask you, but like how typical or atypical, I guess, is it for OTs like masters or doctorate to get that school-based experience? Like what is a typical, I guess, clinical, what is typical oh, for yeah. that in those areas? Cause I was like, kind of shocked that she had no peds experience whatsoever. Like I just did not expect that. 
So um, I obviously went to school before it became a mandatory doctorate. So I have my master's in OT. So mine might look slightly different because it's like a year less than like the doctorate program. Cause I think the doctorate program is three years and mine was two. But um, so when I was in school, I, I really thought that I wanted to do peds, which obviously I have. So I, I yeah. guess that came to fruition. Right. Um, yeah. And so whenever you're doing you, so you have level one and level two field work. So level one are just like one week quick stints in like whatever setting it is. Um, I think I had one in a school setting. I think I had one in like a mental health pediatric, um, kind of like a foster home daycare kind of, it was, oh, a really wow. it was a really interesting setting that I don't know is very common, but it was definitely really interesting to see. Um, right. and then I had one in like an adult, um, like transitional living situation where it was like a group home into like a with and we actually created a um transitional like pat we called it the pals program where the, the the people that were living in the group home who eventually wanted to transition over to the independent living side of things where they got their own apartment had their own you know like they had to do all the budgeting and all of that and like the grocery shopping for themselves um we kind of created like a buddy program between the two sides of things and so that one was like a little bit longer but and then we have your field work too which is a three month um rotation and so you have two of those um okay. and really it's it's kind of up to you as to what area you want to do. Like I said, yeah, I want a PEDS rotation. And then these are the areas that I'm interested in. And then um, I would like an adult one too. And so I ended up getting a school district um, in Texas and then for three months. And then I got a um, an inpatient rehab hospital um, for three months as well with adults. Nice. Um, yeah. And so if, I mean, you have like each semester or each, you know, trimester, however they break it up now, um, it's focusing on like an area. So like, or like an age group. So like you have your, you know, your, uh, adults, you have your, you know, rehab, you have your peds, you have, yeah. um, like NICU, all that stuff, but it doesn't necessarily come with a guaranteed placement or experience mm -hmm. there. Sure. And even if you do, it could be like one week and that's not okay. really going to give you a ton so like, that's kind of what I was saying earlier about like advice to someone who's just graduating. It's like, you only learn so much. And it's so funny because I was just talking about my, to my husband about this yesterday. I was like, you know, I feel like when I got out of grad school, like you only, they can only teach you so much, but like so much of what you learn is on the job once right. you're already there, once they Absolutely. hire you, right? And it's like, I wonder if, I told my husband, I wonder if doctors feel this way. I really hope that they don't, but, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I guess it's a possibility, you know, like, oh, wait, I don't know how to treat this situation, but you know, here we go. We're learning on the job. Um, obviously yeah. the training is a lot more expensive, but, or maybe I'm just telling myself that I don't know, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot of on the job training for sure. And it's really just like, if you don't think you're going to get into peds during grad school, then, and you don't ask for those explicitly, then you might not get that experience for sure. Yeah. yeah. It was just so interesting. I was like, she has no peds experience. I was like, it's all right. We got a mentor program. Here's my email. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mentor so, you. Uh, when, did oh the, oh, when did they make OT um, a, prim or a doctorate? I like, want to say, I want to say it was like two or three years ago that they made it a mandatory. Wow. Um, they already had the option for a doctorate when I was in school. 
Um, and I graduated in December of 2015. Um, but that was like, you know, an extra step that you could do if you wanted to, but I wanted, and I, and I feel so bad and I'm, this is not a great uh, moment of advocacy for myself and my profession, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they made it a, a mandatory like two or three years ago. I want to say closer okay. to three years ago. Yeah. Wow. I would die if they did that to us. It'd be oh my so gosh. Like I'm glad I'm finished with school, but holy moly. Yeah. Well, because I mean, it was, it was really just to follow suit. I think a, a big part of it was following mm-hmm. suit with, with PT. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have the PT and now it's um, OTD is the OT doctor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I remember like whenever my friend graduated, like they had made PT mandatory, like when I was in yeah. getting my bachelor. So that had been a while. So yeah. Yeah. interesting. So is it three years essentially of grad school? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Bailey, want to ask the last special ed question? Yes. Okay. So hi, Anne. Obviously our podcast is called Spidories and it is special education stories. So what is your favorite special ed story? It can be a funny one. It can be a sweet one. It can be whatever you want it to be. Like, what is your favorite all time special ed story from your experience in the field? Wait, me or mm-hmm. Hyatt? Sorry, you mean oh, sorry. I mean, okay. Okay. you know, all my just, stories, Bailey. Just so wanted I'm, to clarify. Been there for the stories for high end. <laughs> Say, what is your favorite special ed story? Um, heartwarming, funny, silly, whatever. You oh have gosh. the floor. I feel like there's so many. Um, oh my gosh. Well, that means we'll have to have you come back on since you have a good million. Exactly. It's really, it's really hard to, y'all are making me, uh, y'all are putting me on my toes on the spot. Um, I will say it's probably so mean that we put everyone on the spot. We're like, what's your favorite story? You had no idea we were going to ask, but now you have to go back through your entire experience and pick one. Just one. Just one. (laughs) Um, Honestly, um, so I know this isn't exactly me, but um, when, so whenever I was in um, the administrator role, in my previous district, um, I worked really closely with our um, with our AAC team, which is alternative and augmentative uh, communication. So, like you know, the kiddos that have you know like iPads and speech generating devices. Um, so we the AAC team created a um, like a summer camp for uh, families and students and AAC users. And we had one family that came in and um, one student in particular who came in and he had, he was completely nonverbal prior to this camp. Um, He came in, his mom came in, was really participative, was really, uh, (laughs) I'm like, what is the word I'm trying to look for? She really participated? She's really, she really super participated. (laughs) Okay, I love it. Yeah, in um in all of the caregiver trainings um, on how you know to communicate with her son, um on one of the days of the camp, um the kiddo comes in and he had been working with one of the AAC um, speech therapists and um his mom came in and he started using the device and he looked over at his mom and then he said I love you to his mom. <gasps> For the very first time in his entire life, and everyone in the entire room was um, was just, crying, and it was oh. just like the most special, wonderful um, moment I think for um, for everybody involved. Oh, tears, yeah. 
It's here. It's completely I would have lost crying. it. I know that's I not a story, too. but it's like, um, it's, it was definitely a big, um, reinvention yes. of like, the why, you know, like reassuring yeah. us like, as to the why. Um, but yeah, that was one of my favorite stories, I think. That's so sweet. So you, so you were like, you worked with the AAC team. Yeah, well, so I was the supervisor for the AAC for them. team. Gotcha, and gotcha, so gotcha. We, um, we worked really hard to create that summer program and get it up and running and oh. um, provide that as a resource to the kiddos and the families. And I think it was a huge hit and something that um, was definitely really needed and um, yeah. highly anticipated for sure. Yeah. Well, it was you. You were a part of it too. I always think it's like in one of the districts that I'm um, helping in, it's always like um, with assistive technology, it always seems like it's the speech therapist, but I'm like, it's really like a whole team of individuals that go behind it, like OT, PT, teachers. It's not just the speech therapist that does all the work or should get all the praise for it because there's literally so many individuals that go into like figuring out if it's the right one. Yeah, is it the right one? Are they using it? How do we alter it? So. Kudos to you. That's so sweet. Yeah. I, love I do have to give credit to Sage because when she took over as the supervisor of that role, there was like, we are going to pull in OT. We are going to pull in PT. We are yes. going to do all that stuff. Like it, she did so much to really support that team. And that team is like, I feel like one of the best in our district. They're incredible. So down. Yes, good job. Good job. Great story. I love it. Um, okay. So we're going to play a game. Do you have any random thoughts before we play this game that you want to share with our people about special um, education I just think um for anybody who's looking at going into a therapy profession or um at all like OT PT speech um music therapy art therapy whatever it is I think that when you're talking about figuring out where you think your life's work should be, would be most valued and um, useful. I think that you should seriously consider special education in a public school setting, um, setting because it's like a lot of the time, and I hate to say it out loud, but a lot of the time, this is some of our kiddos only opportunity at a formal education. And if we can help them make the most of that, I think that is a huge, um, value and a huge uh just benefit for you know pouring your life's work into that setting for sure oh I love that and I think that's so true it really is definitely mm-hmm. yeah okay um do you want to tell her yeah do you want to do you want to tell her Bailey or do you want me to tell her? yeah okay here's the game <clears throat> oh no you look so mischievous <laughs> no, not that bad so it's not that bad <laughs> I'm like it's not that bad um so we are all three millennial women in our thirties. We love this. Um, but Gen Z is like out and about in full force on TikTok. And actually I don't think they're on Instagram. They're literally only on TikTok. They're like little Instagram. Yeah. It's TikTok and Snapchat. But so as millennials, me and Hayam were joking. We were like, there's all these new words. We have no idea what they mean. And so we're going to ask you, what do you think these words mean? Yes. And then we're going to tell you what they actually are. Oh my gosh, guys, I'm going to show my age. I'm going to look like a grandma right now. Girl, I will tell you that like, right. We did not, me and I am, we're looking them up before. I want to be very clear. We did not know. Okay. 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 Let's do this. We did know two. I will say we we know 
two out of the five. Let's give ourselves some five. credit. Okay. We're okay. Gonna we know five. you're okay. going to get it as well. You're going to get You're going to get two. at least two of the five. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Don't give me so too the much first, credit. Right? Okay. The first word is chuggy. I'm sorry. Chuggy, <laughs> like your dog's name? Like chewy, chuggy? Oh my gosh. Spell okay. It, so it's spelled C-H-U-E-G-Y. Chuggy. I only found this out because my uh, 20-something year old niece told me about it. And I said it to Hyann when we were looking for words. And she's like, Bailey, what the hell? And I was like... <laughs> Honestly, like, what the hell? Excuse me? Okay. What does that mean? Chuggy. Um, it just kind of sounds like cringy, like, uh, so chuggy, you know? Oh, you know what? Hi, Ann, tell her what it means. It actually means something that's not cool. Oh, like, okay. that's cringy. That so, so you chuggy. like, yeah, so you're like, <laughs> you were right. I would give that to you. I would give that to you. Okay, okay. Yeah. I think that counts. I'm yeah, I do too. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, it means something not cool, like not in anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so like me, so like so chewy. Yes. <laughs> Let me tell so you, like <laughs> I need to be honest. The reason my niece told me about the word oh, is no. because she said I was being chewy. Oh no. So I was like, you'll never be chewy in my heart. You'll always be non chewy in my heart. <laughs> It's because I was over here fangirling about Harry Potter. And she was like, Bailey, that's chuggy. No one does that anymore. And I'm like, um. Oh, well, that's so me. So, okay, here's, here's the thing. Okay, I just want to tell you this one thing. So I reorganized my whole bookshelf in my office to get ready for my teletherapy job. And not even lying, I took all of the books off of my shelf and, you know, put all my therapy supplies on it instead. The three, the three books that remain, well, the nine books that remain are my children's baby album, oh, the Bible, and all seven Harry Potter books. <laughs> that is right, babe. The priorities in life. That is priorities, right. Bible, Literally. Baby, like Bible babies, and beating Lord Voldemort. That is, the, those are the priorities. It's really, you know, right. it is what it is. I love it. Okay. I love it right. so much. <laughs> that is so freaking funny. I love yeah. it. Um, oh my gosh, that's so funny. And it's funny because like, even when you like look at the definitions, it's like, it's like all the things we grew up doing. Like, did you guys ever like know those like Hawaiian like shirts or those swim pants that were like, the, yes. like, if you look on Instagram, it's like chuggy starter pack. And it's like all of that stuff. The, sea oh. the seashell necklaces are like the inflatable the necklaces. <laughs> yeah. People my inflatable me. couch. I'm like, that is not chuggy. That is like ingenious at its finest right. an inflatable couch right I mean, that was my, my 90s room all day i loved mm -hmm. it right so mm -hmm. okay okay so your next one your next word is riz r-i-z-z okay i've heard this one before yeah okay is it think? is it like isn't it like your like sex appeal or like you're like you got it going on <laughs> Yes, yes, you're charming. You kind of have some swag. What we would say is swag. Your swag. Your swag. Mm -hmm. That's that's it. Okay. Shane, okay. you're gonna do so much better than I am. You like, are. No, you're doing I'm so really good. good. That's the that's the, next the extent one. of my knowledge. <laughs> no, girl. The I next will one's say, gonna get you. Yeah, but like the the Riz one, I think Bailey had a you and I had this conversation like months ago about it because somebody said it and I was like, excuse me, excuse what me. are you saying? And he <laughs> had to tell me, and I was like, wow. So I learned it from a high school kid. 
Yeah. And second. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, me and two of my mom friends were texting the other day and one of them was like, hey, did you know what NSFW means? And I was like, I have no idea. I thought it was like some weird like New York Fashion Week. uh, Like, I don't know what I thought it was, but it's like not safe for work, I think is what it means. Like not Not safe. safe for work. Yeah. So like, who knew? But we, we were talking about Riz in that same conversation. Oh, how it. funny. Okay. Good job. Okay. Next word. Next word is simp. What? Simp. simp. S-I-M-P. Like simple, but like simp? Yeah. Okay. Like simple, but simp. What I love about yeah. this, Hyann, is that you don't know it because you're married happily for years. <laughs> That's the um, only reason. Simp. A simp. It- yeah, it, like it's, it's a noun. Like that person is a simp. Or like, yeah. wow, you are being a or, simp. Or like, oh, I am simping so okay, hard. So it can also be like an action word. <laughs> to describe something. Yes, it can. It can describe a person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, oh my God. I mean, like Hyann, I've also been married for a while. So me, is that like a context clue? I don't know. Um, no, it's not. It's not going to help me at all. Okay. Um, is it like a single, no, a single married person. That's literally the opposite. That could not possibly be a thing. I Um, love you. So in married proposal, I have no idea. idea. Okay. Tell her maybe like a single person. So a simp is someone who is like desperate for a relationship. They are like going above and beyond for like affectionate. And yes. they're like, they're just like simping so like hard. They're going way like too far for a relationship. Going, right. They are going way too far for something <gasps> that is currently not Ooh. a relationship. <laughs> I hate how you say they are simping so hard. They're what? <laughs> help us right now. But yeah, somebody who's I like love it. super desperate for affection and relationships. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Exactly. That is a simp. But I love that you went into like, what could the individual letters mean in terms of words? It has to be an abbreviation. There's no other option. I love it. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That was actually really good. Okay. So yeah, that was. She goes, excuse me? What? <laughs> what? What do you say? Uh, okay. So the next one is TFW. Do you know what TFW stands for? Now this is an acronym. Yes. I will say that. I mean, I know FTW is for the win. Mm. I also, okay, true story. I thought for the longest time that FTW, and forgive my like language, but I thought it was fuck the world. And I hate that I thought that for the longest thing, for the longest time. <laughs> like, wow, you're having a really bad day. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Terrible for you. Same. <laughs> oh my god that's so that good. is the only way i'm gonna use fdw moving forward right. I mean, like if it is no longer for the win if i text you <laughs> if it, she, if FTW. that yes she is pissed at the world i send you fdw i am like the world i am done <laughs> peace out i'm going right. home i'm going to the golf course that's the day only no, that reminds, 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 that re
freaking way. I don't know. I I'm not I'm not good at this game. <laughs> okay, what is TFW? That feeling when dot dot dot. Oh, okay. That feeling that when feeling when okay. you're sad. Yeah, I, Bailey, you knew that one, right, Bailey? Yeah. Wow, knows. I'm really that impressed. That one I knew, but I only knew yeah. it for the TikTok. Oh, okay. okay. I'm deep, I feel like, into right. the, the Gen Z world. Yeah, right. I only it knew is. it for the TikTok, because people always post it on TikTok, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Right. Love it. And that, for. ladies and gentlemen, is the problem with a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Why do we have them? Why do we so do this? So much ambiguity. We do not know. We do not know. Y'all, it Don't took me forever to realize what um too long didn't read like when people would be like tldr i'm oh, like yeah. what is that you, like I, you have just now Texas told licensing, me what that means i didn't know what that means until just now yes. like yes. tldr stands for the texas licensure department of regulations Let's yes exactly i'm like what and is in our TLDR? world like in our industries like that's what we would like think of first for sure i know huh? i know okay oh my God, the so last funny. one i feel like you'll know but um, the word is bet, B-E-T. Um, like, I mean, like you're like serious or, um, like kind of, you know, like what is, what is the new one? It's, um, well, I say that's like, I'm really old, but isn't it like the same as like dead ass? Like you're serious. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like, I feel like it's like dead ass or it's also like no cap. Like I like, oh, bet. <laughs> Like it's serious. <laughs> Why did you say that? I'm gonna choke on my water. <laughs> y'all, that's what it is. The funniest part about this is okay, y'all. I have ten nieces and nephews, and of the ten, like four of them are in like middle school, high school age, and it's just so funny because they talk like this now, and they're like, "No cap, Aunt Bell. No cap," and I'm like, "Okay." yeah it's my favorite thing oh it's so funny but then I also am like did I sound this crazy to like my parents and my aunts and uncles like I had I had to sound ridiculous embarrassing I know and I'm like okay when my children are this age like what what are they even gonna what are these kids gonna come up with you guys seriously Tony uses bet to like say like okay like if somebody says like hey do you want to like go get lunch and he's like bet Meaning, like, okay, oh. I'll come. I'm That's like, can not you not what just I say thought. sure? Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, like a threat. Like, bet. Like, bet I won't. Like, you know? Like, okay, <laughs> bet I won't show up. Hot right now. Calm down. Right? Right. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Gen Z, we love y'all, but we don't understand, understand all of you. the words. I feel <laughs> right. like they don't care, though, because they're like, I don't want a chuggy person understanding my You're words. so cute. <laughs> Which all of it's us hard. Actually, yeah. Hyann, I don't really feel like you're chuggy. I feel like Hyann's like super freaking cool. Just as a I human. I try to definitely. stay hip with these things. Like, but it's also like, you know how it's like, you're like the, like eventually you're like the parent and you're like, okay, don't say bet. Like, don't say, yeah. don't say those words. It's like, oh, like, yeah. I don't, we're going to be embarrassing eventually. Yeah. I oh, feel like sure. you and I are on the same level of chuggy. I do feel like Hyann stays very hip and young. <laughs> Even just in like her fashion. Good for you. And you know what? I'm yeah. gonna hold on to. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna give Tony credit. I feel like Tony is is. It has a lot to do. I will with that. say like you guys as yeah. a couple are very yeah. like hip. He tries to stay that. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. 
that's fair. I will say, say, um, Hyan's husband is currently getting into golf. And I am like so excited about this. I'm like golfing partner. Yes. He really does want to come to Austin. It's like, again, like I was telling because Bailey was saying it's super affordable in Austin, but I don't feel like it is in Houston at all. Mm -mm. Like maybe for the driving range, but not for like golf. Which is surprising because I feel like Austin is so expensive in every other arena. Right. Um, That's what Hyam was saying. It really is y'all. They just have, and it's just for the municipal courses. It's not like the really, really nice ones. Like I paid a hundred dollars to go play actually at Plum Creek in Kyle stayed on Saturday. We're here, ma'am. I know. I went, I got there. Well, here's the thing y'all. I was dumb. You're such a chuggy. Huh? I was dumb that day. I paid a hundred (laughs) dollars to go play. And I get to the course and I'm like, I'm going to walk and I'm going to be healthy. And the guys that I was playing with were riding in a cart and they were like, you don't get a discount for walking. And I was like, I don't care. I'm still going to walk. So I walked that round and then I had signed up for girl golf in the afternoon at two. And so then I literally like left that course. No, at a different one. So I left that course, drove to the other course and then walked another 18. And by the time I got done, I was like, I want to die. I'm going to eat whatever I want. Yes. And then I'm All going to bed. And y'all, I slept so well last night. Plus oh, we had that for like, hour, like fall yeah. back. It was the Amazing. best. So my kids are in severe pain right now. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> like, this is why Gen Z people make fun of us. It's because you're like, <laughs> my hip hurts. My hip, my, my hurts. leg, my back. I walked for one day and I'm in pain. <laughs> Don't pass 30. Okay. I do, but yeah, I will say, I feel like Austin's pretty affordable for the city courses. Houston, though, is, yeah, high end, you're right. It's just not. It's just not. Yeah, because I know. I was like, Bailey said she's going to research, and she has not found anything, so. I've not found anything. Like, because I kind of thought that Houston would have something similar to Austin. They they don't. Yeah. No. I could actually, I have one friend that plays golf in Houston. I could ask him. I'll text him and see, but I don't think. Yeah, let me know. No, yeah. it's not. And maybe high like, end will get into it because your husband is getting into it. That's my goal. I'm like, girl, let's get into it together. Come on over. High end's like, no, no, literally. Do you play? <laughs> I mean, I'll go like drive, but I mean, I'm not going to hey. be good at it. Bailey's going to be yeah. like, I get away from me. You are a true hey, golf girl. This You're is the deal. Guy. I can't. Golf is not. Golf is not a sport. It's a mindset. That is what I have decided. <laughs> I'm like, it is a mindset. Like I will say, so I have a like a good group of guy friends that I feel like I have made that I play with. And then I have like my girlfriends that I play with and the vibes are so different. Girl golf is like, I have a cute outfit. I got my little bag. I'm having a little margarita and we are just having a good day. Boy golf is serious. They're like, take your score, do the thing. Like, I feel like guys are pretty serious with it. And so if I want to have a serious day and be like, I'm going to focus because I'm an athlete. Sure. I'll sure. play with the dudes. But girl, girl golf is like, let's just go play and have a fun day. That's and chill. Vibe. Like, That's talk about boys sure. and all of the stuff. I oh, would do that. Yeah. Yes. But it's like, so funny. no pressure. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, Tony's, our guy friends are like pretty competitive. So I don't yeah. think I would have fun like watching them mm-hmm. play. Right. Well, my dear, oh um, my husband has made me dinner, and I'm quite. Hungry. We went to Worst Fest this um this evening or this afternoon Ooh. rather. I'm like dying hungry right now. <laughs> I love e, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. It was so nice to talk so to you fun. and get to meet you. Yeah, yeah thank you so much. 
Finn, right. we love you. Yeah. Bye, we'll ladies. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Y'all have a good week. Bye. Yes, you too. She's so cute. Isn't she adorable? I just love her. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Spadori's. We loved having stayed on and getting some input from an OT. This is uh, the first OT that we've had on. So I think that's super fun. If you are interested in being on our podcast or have a fun special ed story you'd like to share, you can send us that in a DM on Instagram. We are at Spadoris on Instagram. You can also email us at spadoris at gmail.com. It's S-P-E-D-O-R-I-E-S at gmail.com. And then, of course, Hyann, where can they listen to us? Please, you can listen to us anywhere. You listen to podcasts. So we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen. And we're so grateful that you guys are listening to our season and tune in for our next episode in two weeks. We'll catch you guys later. Bye, y'all.